So uh, welcome to Classic Comics Cavalcade. I'm Jason Sachs. I'm Amir Malikpour. And today we are discussing New Gods number six from December 1971 to January 72, um, published uh, called The Glory Boat, um, which is often called one of Jack Kirby's greatest comics. Um, I thought this was magnificent, incredible, and um, so much to discuss in, in this issue. Oh yeah, I loved I love the the themes in this. And you know, as we've talked about in the past issues, how Kirby reflects how I viewed Kirby reflecting upon his own life and uh, his own ideologies and experiences. And I think this issue really like just delved into it for me. I mean the action is awesome, the art is fantastic, but the subtext is where I'm where I really enjoyed this issue. This comic is so full of subtext. It's just um extremely rich, both in the way Kirby tells the story and in the details of the characters he presents. I mean, there's just so much here in like just the small facial movements and actions the characters have as well as the larger themes of the people who are stranded on the boat, as well as around personal transformation and kind of ascension to godhood. Um, I think um, there's a level of kind of profoundness in this comic that we haven't seen before in Kirby that I thought was just, uh, just made it a whole nother level. And I honestly believe this is one of my top 10 favorite comics I've ever read. Mm. Um, because um, I just feel like every time I read this, I see more in it. Oh, is, you mean like superhero or any comic? I think in terms of the themes and, and meditation on what it means to be human versus godlike, mm-hmm. um, I would say it's as good as any comic ever. Yeah, yeah, me too. Oh, I loved it. I thought it was great. Yeah. I mean, is it better than, I don't know, is it better than Asterius Polyp? I think it has just as much to say about the human condition as something like that. Mm-hmm. That's true. Yeah, there, there are parts, there are some amazing parts this, which I, I did not, going into New Gods, I did not expect these themes in a superhero comic book. I really didn't, especially, and I think this is probably the best issue. I know it is the best issue we've read so far. I don't know from an arts perspective, but from a story and theme perspective and character and dialogue and what you find out. But I think it's also building up on the characters and then just getting more sophisticated from my end on Kirby. I um, think what we're really seeing is this, the backstory and all, all Kirby's thoughts on the story coming together. We mm-hmm. see like a lot of his themes that he's been playing with really kind of pop to the surface here. Mm-hmm. and. Um, the the way he pays off this story too. One of the things we've been frustrated with is the conclusions of a lot of these issues haven't been the greatest. Stuff gets continued or they just don't feel powerful. But, um, you know, the end of this issue is like blowing up the Death Star. It, it feels conclusive and powerful mm-hmm. and um, just leaves you, um, you know, closing the comic with this feeling of euphoria at the end. Yeah, well... I mean, I think some sadness, too. <laughs> and sadness, and we'll get to that also. Um, where do you want to start with this? Um, I, just the thing about this, uh, just the beginning, the first 
first page, I wanted to just mention a note that I wrote down. Um, this is before even like going through all the, all the reading that we did, but in the beginning, it really reminds me, when I was a kid, my favorite book was 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea by Jules Verne. Mm -hmm. This particular page really reminds me of a scene from that story where like, you know, Captain Nemo's ship like um, sinks, uh, Captain Nemo's uh, submarine sinks a ship. And it just, this is how I imagined it as a kid and Kirby brought it to life like no other. Yeah, because it's got that, that grandeur and the power. When you get to the two-page spread on the next page, it feels oh. like Captain Nemo and his crew fighting the giant squid. Absolutely. Or it even reminds me in the beginning, though, like there were, so this, the first uh, four pages remind me of the narration within the book where it says like, yeah, there's this creature of the earth. It's not a whale. What is it? It's sinking ships all over the place, even warships, you know, and mm -hmm. it's exactly like that in like uh, page four panel, panel three and four are really poignant to me before the story even starts because it's going through like all the ships it's destroying and it says like even like atomic submarines on patrol, they get sunk. And then at the end it says not even the private yachts of the rich are spared. Mm hmm Mm -hmm. And I love that. Not even the rich people. No matter spent. who you are, you're going to suffer from yeah. the attacks of this creature. Yeah. And that's like war. That's like disease. That's famine. You know, well, not famine, but, you know. I mean, if we had to, you know, we're in the midst of a pandemic right now. I don't know who will listen to this. Maybe years from now when people will laugh at the face of COVID. But right now, like, there was a point in the beginning where, like, all these rich people were all like, oh, who are you? You know, like, Madonna had that whole weird video of saying, like, oh, this is the beautiful thing about this disease. You know, yeah. this reminds me of that. Like, no one's untouchable. Yeah, and just like, uh, and so no, one's, no one can escape the war between the gods in this case. Exactly. That yeah. We are all just pawns at their mercy. Not even pawns. We're just collateral damage at their mercy yeah and, um do you see any i'm not sure i do but it sets up the rest of the story do you see anything about vietnam in there that no matter how much we try to we were trying to escape getting dragged into it as a society in 1971 um not, not in these okay next, one, next page i do i mean starting with the family the rich family who's you know should we get into that right now well, the one thing, I, the other thing I really wanted to mention is that you notice the name of their yacht is the SS Aurora. Mm. And I think that's really symbolically important because, you know, the Aurora is the lights that glow in the night. They almost, they're, they're scientifically, but they're scientifically driven, but they're also almost magical, mm. right? They're, they're a spiritual experience created by science that, um, it's transcendent of both spirit and science. Mm -hmm. And I think that's very much in accord with what Kirby's driving at at the end of the story. It's um, the transcendence of human experience. Mm -hmm. And um, we are all in some ways part of the lights that are shining in the night sky. Maybe that's a little bit of a stretch, but um, <laughs> I think the name Aurora is, is really important here. Mm -hmm. 
Um, page five is magnificent. Yeah. Here's the rich people stuck on their raft. The way Orion splashes out of the water, like as he says, like an, like a Polaris missile, mm -hmm. is just spectacular. I mean, there's so many scenes in this issue that are full of Kirby spectacle. But um, just this relatively small moment, you can just feel him exploding out. Mm -hmm. And I think Royer, the anchor Mike Royer, really um, kind of ex it emphasizes that in a way that Vince Coletta couldn't have. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because you get, you get the dramatic lines and the, the, the varying of the thickness of the lines that bring it to life. Yeah, I am loving Royer's uh, inking. It's been, it's been really a breath of fresh air. You notice also the humans' backs are turned to us, so they are basically in our position. They're saying, you are like us. You're looking up at this god in the sky. So oh, yeah. we immediately see ourselves, we're immediately placed as kind of the fourth person on the raft that survived the sinking of the aurora. Mm -hmm. And so we immediately have a perspective that Orion is something different from us, something greater than us, something we have to squint at to see. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And again, this is just Kirby's incredible storytelling skills. I'm sure it was like completely, I'm not sure. I don't know how much he thought about that, but it, do, do you feel like you're, you're kind of put in, there, in that same position, the reactive position? Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, I don't, it's a, I didn't think of that before you mentioned it, but yeah, looking at that page, you are, you're basically on the ground looking at something above you, like a, like a God, God figure who's like, you know, coming out of the water. I think it's also interesting is that, you know, you, as the viewer, you're like, you're, they're talking, right? They're, you're pretty much in the conversation mm -hmm. and and Orion is just ignoring you guys. Yes. But yeah, yeah I mean, Orion is, is, is trying to do the right thing. But it's like, yeah, whatever. These, these are like ants, just like the reader, just like the human beings. It's just, yeah, whatever. Mm -hmm. They don't, I mean, I want to say this. They don't actually acknowledge the human beings until page nine. Actually, no, not even page nine. Page 10. We shouldn't jump that far, but they don't acknowledge him for another like four or five pages. Well, and then only Light Ray acknowledges them. And that's because he's interrupted. He's like, oh, here's a bug talking to me or something yes. like that. Yes, yes. There, it's very important the way Orion engages with the characters, I think. Mm -hmm. um, and we'll get to that as we get to the ending of the issue. But there's a little arc in the way Orion treats the humans that I think is really powerful because th at this point, and when we flip to page six, he he's just like, yeah, they are ants. He doesn't even look at them, mm -hmm. right? All we see is his foot on in uh, the first panel of page six, and then uh, the other three panels in page six, he's looking away from them. He doesn't care about them. Yeah, they are they are nothing. He and he says basically, well, if you want me to drag you with me in my battle, sure, I guess go for it, guys, but. I don't really care. I care about my battle. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, and, and so the relationship between them is so um, out of balance and shows how the, the gods, the, the uh, new Genesis and 
well, they're all from, both of them are from New Genesis at this point, as far as we know. Um, how New Genesis is just a completely different, perfected version of, of humanity, a different version. They're, they are another level. They are the celestials and we're just mm -hmm. the humans. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and the humans just don't even understand. Hey, come back, come back. I don't know what he's up to, but he isn't leaving. Like they have no idea what Orion is doing. And then he sees Light Ray up there, all captured up. Yeah, I thought that was so interesting how Orion, or excuse me, how Light Ray is wrapped up like a mummy, completely immobilized. Mm -hmm. um, I, I, wanna, I wanna give it some deeper meaning, but I'm not sure I can. <laughs> I didn't really think about it much. I just thought it, it is pretty immobilized. It's pretty, I mean, I didn't really think of that. But I, I started, I love the, the dialogue there. I think, I think Kirby's dialogue, dare I say, like sh shines over the art for me. For me, it was, I mean, obviously I love the art. I mean, the art's, no one can touch it. It's, but like, I love the story. Like the part about like, uh, like, you know, he unwraps him and he's all like, uh, you know, helps him come out. He's like, well, 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 the smiling lamb decided to try his hand among the wolves after all. Yes. And then it's all like, and he's, and he continues, this is Orion, yours is a sorry welcome, I was supposed to, yours is a sorry welcome to Earth, Light Rail. I feel that your first brush with, with war and the Deep Six has been little short of disastrous. I mean, he's just making fun of him. Um, but then um, Light Ray says, war is the game of strategy. I shall live to give it greater meaning. Oh, and that's, Again, that's Kirby like signaling the themes of the story. Well, I mean, to me, I also feel like, yeah, that and also it's really a callback to the past where Darkseid said like all these nobles, they're like, yeah, you know, war is like heroic, blah, 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 blah. But we all know it's violence. We're just, we're doing it because it's animalistic and, you know, because we're sick, <laughs> you know, it's mm -hmm. not, there's nothing honorable about killing each other, you know. I think it's a call. I don't know if Kirby meant it that way, but to me, I see at the very least his subconscious starting to think about war. You know, what, what is it good for? <laughs> <laughs> the song was out around that same time. You yeah. notice in that last panel on page eight, two, Orion is looking up to Light Ray, mm -hmm. which of course he is because of where Light Ray is, but also um, the way Light Ray is looking down at him, he looks like Actually, that's the same look on his face, I think, that we saw in New Gods number one when he's flying around in space and greets Orion. Mm -hmm. um, the, smug. Yeah, the smug, youthful self-confidence. Mm -hmm. um, going back just a tiny bit, I love uh, the, the end of page seven. This little tiny subtle thing where you can see how Orion works the astro harness because he's leaning back to slow it down. Oh, yeah, that's, that's you great. You know, like he went on a Segway yeah. or something. It's a little nothing moment, but like the way he pulls that off is like, it just that's, like shows so much character. That's good art. Yeah, that's good storytelling right there. Yeah, this comic is just full of that kind of storytelling. And then as you were talking about page nine, um, Orion and Light Ray are talking to each other and the humans are, are dragging their raft to um, this wooden boat that, uh, like that uh, Light Ray had been stuck to and the gods are completely ignoring the humans. Mm -hmm. 
they are like they are like ants under they're like fish swimming in the water i guess they just don't care mm -hmm. yeah i like their dialogue too again this was the like one of my favorite parts where it's uh uh thank goodness thank god thank you good friend i can never be as fierce as orion but i can try to win his respect and then orion actually says it saddens me to see you here, Light Rail. Your kind brings an undeserved honor to war. There's another. Yes. It's not, you know. So he but says, uh, yeah, war is the game of tragedy. I shall live to give it greater meaning, um, Light Ray says on page eight. And then on page nine, Orion says, you bring an undeserved honor to war. Yeah. Um, and, and then to your point, they're definitely... Um, treating those people like ants. Yeah, because all yeah. Ryan cares about is getting to the thing underneath the, um, inside the, the boat there. I also, you know what's so funny? What, another thing that I, I mentioned on the notes here that not only are they ignoring him, it also shows the rich guy, whatever his name, Sheridan, the industrial Sheridan, guy. Sheridan, yeah. He's just like, the whole time, he's just thinking he's like, Hey, look at me. Hey, where's you? You know, I know you got your own business going. I know you got your war, but like, what about me? And like, you know, there's just that whole thing of like humanity thinking like, yeah, I'm so important. Yeah. Like, like mm -hmm. my little life is so big. It's like just whining and like demanding things, demanding attention and like not really getting it. Yes. Oh, he's convinced he's really important, but he's not actually important. He's convinced his life experiences have made him ready for this moment. But as we'll see, he's not. The person he thinks is a coward ends up being the person who is um, ultimately the brave one, who's able to kind of transcend. Um, I was fascinated by the way he draws Farley throughout the issue too. Um, Farley's eyes are almost always squinting. So we get to a certain page we'll get to in a minute. Mm -hmm. And he's drawn almost looser, like look at panel two, page 10. He's drawn almost very sketchy, mm -hmm. whereas his uh, his son Richard, the conscientious objector, is drawn kind of heroically. Right? He's got a square chin. He's got black hair like Superman has. He's got kind of bold eyes. Um, it Kirby is kind of subtly setting up Farley as being this kind of one dimensional being, and Richard is being much more two dimensional. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I, I'm interested in seeing what, I mean, what, uh, what you thought about Kirby's view on Farley and his son. Mm -hmm. So he does say like, you know, I'm not proud of him. First of all, his son, I don't know what his name is, but he's Richard. all like, Richard. Okay. And he's all like, I'm a conscientious objector. What is he objecting to this current God war or Vietnam war or any war? It would be the Vietnam War in this context. Oh, okay. It would be. So they are living in a world where there is such a thing as a Vietnam War. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, the Vietnam War didn't end until 1974. So. Oh, no, I mean, like, even this, their, you know, their oh. dimension or whatever. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I think, I think that's how we were, how we're meant to read it. it. Got it. Okay. Yeah, because he Although does... he's saying, I don't like war violence or killing. Oh, got it. Okay. So and, he uh, consciously can't object, objector to any war. Mm -hmm. I love, yeah, I was going to say there's something at the end that I want to mention that I loved. 
but yeah, so the, yeah, Farley is <laughs> interesting. Um, should we, I guess like, uh, the other thing well, about- Keep going. Oh, the part where he says, and then I like light rails thing is like, he's all like, oh, is that right? Well, I know a place where everybody's like that. Uh-huh. Foreshadowing something, right? Yes. I mean, this is so beautifully done because Kirby is continually giving us signals of what's going to happen, mm-hmm. what, what themes he's going to play. Um, I think it's interesting on page 10 that Light Ray looks Farley in the face. They have eye contact. Mm-hmm. And Richard and he have eye contact too. Um, Orion only gives him eye contact in the last panel and he's very dismissive. Mm-hmm. So Light Ray is the trusting one. Orion is the uh, kind of imperious one. The one who just won't put up with anyone else's garbage. Mm-hmm. But uh, Light Ray is also he seems to be younger here, we'll, we'll learn, um, mm-hmm. and whereas Orion is, is um, you know, older or more bittered or whatever the term may be. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, I raise willing to play along with their stuff and, and Orion is just like not hearing any of it. Mm-hmm. And I think the, 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 the next page is also like, will show us that a conscious, a peaceful person can also help in war. Because they, mm-hmm. they reach that mutated monster, which looks really gross. It's not even like, it looks a lot like a, like an EC character rather than like a, it's, I don't even think it looks like a, like a Kirby monster. It's like a really gross, perverted, mutated thing. And yeah, I was thinking it looks like something out of HP Lovecraft or something. Yeah, yeah. And uh, Orion just wants to kill it. And Light Ray is all like, no, 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 we must transform it, you know, like rehabilitate it in a way. And that also is totally, not totally, it illuminates the uh, interesting choice of words, I guess, there, the difference between their two characters. Mm-hmm. Um, Light Ray wants to save, Orion wants to destroy. Mm-hmm. And that ultimately also foreshadows what we're going to see in the next issue mm-hmm. um, when we learn Orion's true origins. Mm-hmm. Light Ray is pure of New Genesis. Orion is, is more complex. Um, New Genesis as we just saw Light Ray say, um, everybody's like that. No one likes violence or killing. So we're immediately seeing him be true to his character. I, I do want to say that I have notes here about Light Ray, that right, Light Ray, who's like this angelic character, I don't think he's perfect. There's, there's a point in this story where they're going to point out, and I don't know, we'll get to it, but I don't think he's perfect. I mean, he... He's, he's the guy who doesn't want to kill and destroy, but it's not like he cares or empathizes. It's just his, his essence is being good, but like, it's not like he really cares about human beings. Whereas in like Orion is almost the opposite where like he's talked about, you constantly hear Orion talked about like, oh, I'm sorry that you're here. You shouldn't get involved. Or like, these people are going to be in danger. I must save them. I must do this. But inherently, he's evil and he kills him. Like, it's, it's a real, I guess, just juxtapose or like the opposites. They are. Because um, Light Ray, and we see it by the end of the issue, Light Ray takes this evil being and turns them into something that's pure and that's a vehicle for transcendence. I mean, it doesn't get more redemptive than what Light Ray does to this horrible Cthulhu-style creature. Yeah, I think later on... And there's, there's a sense of... I, I, I'm sorry, I don't want to step over you, but I want to just, just to finish. Um, he, 
page 12, panel two, where he says, it's a basic life form stripped of the taint of new genesis. Um, it'll, you know, and he effectively turns, literally turns this evil into its essence, its purest form, which can then be transformed into good. Um, I mean, there's nothing more kind of redemptive than that. They don't really show, Kirby, while he's very quick at showing the ugly, he didn't really design any, like, anything beautiful. Like, he didn't have any representation. Mm -hmm. It's like a little box that has light in it. Yeah. I'm, it, a little bit I'm a little bit disappointed there. I mean, not to criticize the king. It would have been nice to have him represent what beauty means. You're, oh, that's a really interesting insight. Yeah. Probably the only thing you're wrong with this issue. No, no. Because even, you know, the, the magnificent page 25, which we'll get to, it's not beautiful. Mm. The other thing is that, the, yeah. I, oh, you know what? Actually, it is beautiful. Never mind. We'll talk about it. I think that's what that is. You're right. You're right. My bad. <laughs> um, but, um, but yeah, we'll. Um, I don't know how it is on your trade. Um, page 11 and 12 are, are um, basing pages in the original comic. Oh, not in this one. 13 and 12 are facing each other in mind. Okay. But so, I think it makes sense the way, I was going to ask you, there's some parts like where are the, where are the ads at? So it makes sense that they face each other. Yeah, because um, we have, so it kind of feeds your point where it's almost anticlimactic when you see them next to each other because there's this <laughs> Cthulhu creatures, shree, shree, stick, 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 is this, yeah, they, it's getting destroyed. It just becomes a simple little box. Oh, you know what's interesting? Maybe the reason I got confused and I forgot that we are going to see what that box is going to turn into is maybe Kirby, I don't know, I don't want to, it would have been interesting to not see what's happening, you know, until the end of the issue, as opposed to, oh, I see a box. What the hell is that box? And then at the end, you find out. But by that time, you might have forgotten that you saw this box over here or you thought the box like went to New Genesis or, you know, that kind of a thing. I think it's important for him to, create this large seed in our mind and to talk about how it's a caller and so how it's like central to the rest of the deep six attacking them too. Mm -hmm. I think without that, um, the mechanics of the story don't work as well. Mm -hmm. uh, but actually often in the past, Kirby's kind of ignored that, has ignored the mechanics of the story. So that's also part of what makes this work so well is he's paying attention to that detail. It's going to give it the extra feeling of foreshadowing. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, so I'm sure you like the last panel of page 12 where uh, Farley and Richard stumble into the room. What was that? What'd you guys do? We've arranged a battle fit for the new gods. Mm -hmm. I like that Farley's uh, shoes. It's like wearing his sandals. Yeah. <laughs> Again, he's so freaking arrogant. It's like. 13, page 13 is, is awesomely exciting and kind of um, like not the most amazing page at the same time. It, it's, it's getting us ready for what's about to happen. Yeah. Well, some turn, our, our gross thing turned into a, something angelic. We got to go back and kill those new gods. I want to ask one thing though. Orion says the waters are clear at great depths. This is the middle of the ocean. The water shouldn't be clear. 
even if there's no fish in the water, which is also interesting, you shouldn't be able to see all the way down because mm -hmm. it's dark below 15, 20 feet, right? That's just the nature of the ocean. But, but Orion makes a point of saying the, the waters are clear. I guess it's because light rays shining his light down there. Mm. Uh, but I just think it's like a, an interesting little subtle thing that kind of reinforces, I guess, the, the power of light ray. Mm. Yeah. Um, also, Orion, aside from being strong, doesn't really have super heroic powers, but light ray does. And I think that's interesting too. I'm not sure what to make of it in this context, but I think it's, um, it's really intriguing. Actually, now that I think about it, when Light Ray transforms the creature on pages 11 and 12, he's using his own powers. Hmm. When Orion has his battles, usually he's using either the Mother Box or the Astro Force or something like that that's external to him. Hmm. Um, Light Ray's power comes from inside him. Orion's power comes from the tools he uses. Isn't that the same thing with Dark Side too? Yeah, I mean, they're Dark strong. Yeah, aside from being strong, well, he can shoot those. He can shoot beams from his eyes. But that's after he gets the, doesn't he shoot the beam after he gets uh, the, what he's after, I forget what it's called. Yeah, I think so, yeah. So really mostly it's the bad guys don't have this inherent quote unquote power within them. But I mean, they're strong, they can kill brute, with brute force and, and technology. I don't know, I, I don't have anything to say about it, it just occurred to me. That's interesting. It's a good, good insight. Uh, so page 14, we get back to what I think is the core of the issue is the uh, family kind of arguing among each other. Yeah. I, I, wish, I wish Kirby had done more with Lynn, the sister. She's just kind of there as an extra character, it seems. Well, there's also, I think the one good thing about Lynn is that, um, you know, Richard's like, we got Lynn with us. Remember, I'm worried about her safety. And she's all like, must you always bring me into your bickering? Like, she's all like, why are you using me as an excuse, you know, to your fighting? So I think there's a little bit, I mean, you're right. She should have, it would have been nice to have her add some character to her, but at least it's like, she's all like, yeah, you're just using the, make, making me look like I'm the weak one when you guys are the ones fighting each other. Mm -hmm. I do love that part where uh, Farley's all like, well, at least I fought. My outfit hit the beach at Normandy. I walked into that rain of bullets with the rest of them, you know, and then, you know, just trying to chastise his son um, for like what he did and they didn't do. Right. And that's very much about the generation gap of the 19, early 1970s, late 60s and early 70s, where um, it's interesting that Kirby makes a hero out of the younger figure and not the guy who fought World War II like Kirby did. Well, I mean, so far, we don't know yet, right? We don't know. Because, I mean, like, up True. until this point, it sounds like if you don't know how the story's going to end, you're saying, you're thinking, like, yeah, Farley's loser son, like a rich kid who's like, oh, I don't want to fight. I'll just go to college and, like, you know, date girls and, you know, that kind of thing. You don't really know about them yet. Right. Um, so, yes. Yeah, so, you're right. We should get to that in a minute. But I think 
Farley is not a representative of Kirby either, right? Because uh, at this point, Kirby was how he wasn't that old. He was only like fifty years old, right? Yeah, about. Because it's Farley to like, me is like, like a 60, 70 year old. Because he just had his hundred and second birthday, so he was born in like nineteen eighteen or something. Oh really? Oh okay. So this is so he no he was seventies. If this was the seventies, then he is around. I guess yeah, he's in his fifties. He's not he's not old because I feel like Farley is older, but he looks older. That's for sure. Maybe it's. He was born August twenty eighth, nineteen seventeen. So. At this point, he was, uh, was that 1970, 71? So he was 50, wow, 54 or so. Hmm. Yeah, so that's, that's, how old do you think Farley is? Do you think Farley is like late 60s? If he fought in the beaches at Normandy, that would be 1944. Um, so that would have been 25 years or so since they fought at Normandy, so he'd be somewhere between 45 and 55, probably. Wow, he let himself go. To me, he looks a lot older. <laughs> right, because if, so let's say he was 25 right, in 1944, right. um, and add another 25 years since then, so he'd be 52 or so. Yeah, you're right, it makes sense. Yeah. So that um, is Kirby, it's him. Yeah, it's Kirby. Um, yeah, and it, what happens to this, well, but so is it Kirby or is it Kirby looking at other people in his generation and saying, Oh, right, right. Yeah. You're, uh, you're out of step with the times. Mm -hmm. I mean, we haven't read Forever People or Jimmy Olsen, but we know that Kirby has love and trust for the younger generation. Mm -hmm. He's yeah. extremely progressive for his time. Mm -hmm. Also, this is what, again, my point about the way he draws Farley. Farley is squinting. He's a little cartoonish in these panels. In uh, panel three, his eyes are almost rolling back in his head. In mm -hmm. panel four, uh, panel six, he's, his eyes are squinting. He's so angry. Mm -hmm. um, and yet Richard's looking uh, straight in the face. Richard's making eye contact as much as possible. Mm -hmm. He is, um, and he says, will you take a look at what's happening in this hold? Uh, you know, he's got his eyes open. His father has his eyes metaphorically closed. Mm -hmm. Look at it, he's Richard saying, where uh, you know Farley's only caring about don't shut me up, blah 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 blah. blah you know, um, he he's out of touch. He's not paying attention. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. And then there's Jafar, not the character from uh, Hercules. Is Hercules, no, from um, Aladdin. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh, Jafar. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, he was the bad guy. He was the uncle. How about the Kirby technological uh, panel at the beginning of page 15, at the top of page 15? I just, it's, it looks like something Reed Richards could have created. That's right. Something out of Fantastic Four. It's just that beautiful Kirby technology explosion. And, you know, the old, if it's this weird mix of mystical looking and technological, that's incredible. You know, what does it mean to be techno active? It looks like this. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I love, um, I love all the action in these, in these pages too. Everyone's like tense, you know, every panel on that page, they're all like moving and everything is moving. And I love that. 
Yeah, it, yeah, everyone's tense, everything, they're all in the middle of something. Everyone's leaning forward all the time. Yeah. Yeah, it's just so full of energy. Uh, you notice that Farley and Richard are lit up by the machine also, page 15, panel two. Uh, there's foreshadowing there. Oh yeah, it is lit up. Richard's yeah. looking at the device. Farley's looking away from the device. Uh, and that's really kind of how it plays out. One of, one of them embraces the new technology. One of them defies it, for want of a better term. And he's still squinting. All three panels on this page, Farley is squinting. So then Jafar comes, what is that thing? Good Lord. And the uh, page 16, panel one and two could be something from like a 1950s Kirby monster story. Mm -hmm. He has six toes, the monster. But only five fingers. <laughs> well, it's not really toes. It's he's uh, he needs uh, what is it? Uh, those those fish people. They have those legs that are like fins. Mm -hmm. Page sixteen is the one of the crucial stories or crucial pages in the story. So we see the we see Farley and Richard kind of t take each other's place. Mm -hmm. For the first time, really, we see Farley's eyes wide in panel three, page 16. And he, they're wide in fear. They're wide in that he has realized that he there's something he doesn't understand. All his arrogance and trust in himself is fallen to, fallen to garbage because it, the creature's so horrible, he can't even bear to look at it without going a little crazy. Meanwhile, Richard looks at it directly, sees it as it actually is, right? He's staring right at the thing. And he's, you see even in panel one, don't face him down, dad, just back off slowly, carefully. The child has become the father in some ways. Yep, he's a hero, yeah. He moves into the heroism. And then when we flip to page 17, um, here's Richard the pacifist, the pacifist, the man who espoused that he didn't believe in violence in any way. And he just, he'll, out of complete desperation, he starts punching Jafar, even though he knows there's no way he can defeat Jafar. Because no matter how his father has treated him, he has to protect him. And so you see, is we see the limits to his pacifism, which is, if I have to defend my family, I'm going to do that. Um, so I think this is just an incredibly powerful moment where um, on page 16, Richard looks at the face of this thing. And on page 17, we don't see his face. He's attacking, but we see him from behind and from an angle and lifted up. He's now becoming something else. What we had seen of his face is no longer him. And then by panel four, which is just spooky as hell, we see his face destroyed. He's now, he has no face as Lynn says. 
I do want to say something about the passivism part too, is I think what Kirby's trying to say here in terms of passivism, it doesn't mean you don't want to fight. It's just that you don't want to be an aggressor. You can, def like he's, he can still be a pacifist and defend his family. Doesn't mean, I mean, doesn't mean he's going to go kill people. Like, cause I think with Orion, he's, or somebody like Orion, they take the first initiative to kill before they get killed. Whereas, or they get their att attack before you're attacked. Whereas in mm -hmm. Richard's pessimism is only attack if you need to defend yourself, you know? And I think that's the, it's, I don't think it's a character change. It's more, it's in line with his character. Yeah, I think you're right. I think I said my point too strongly. I think it's in line with his character. Um, yeah, and I think, honestly, I think that might, it's not the same as Light Rayer, because Light Rayer still thinks it's fun and games. Oh, let me just convert this. Oh, I was bound up, and you saved me. Now let's go and play a little bit more. And I think with Richard, his humanity, because he's not, you know, he can be hurt. And he, he understands being hurt. He doesn't want to go to war. But if he has to, he'll defend himself. Whereas in with Light Ray, I was like, let's just go to war. I, you know, it's all good. We're gods. You know, it's going to be play. I mean, I don't think, he, you know. So it's just there's a little bit of a different pacifism there. Yeah, because he, sa he says explicitly, right, on panel, in panel one, I can't let you harm them. I will fight you to the death. Mm -hmm. Because he's protecting what's... He's, ha he's fighting for what he has to fight for. And his death, essentially, yeah. And oh, there's that, yeah. that scene where he, his face gets erased, his whole being seems to get erased. That's just spooky as hell. That's what war does to you. You die and you just get put on a pile of other dead bodies. Oh my God, everything that's original about you becomes faceless. I didn't think of that. Because, you know, they always, like... And again, like, this might be from my own personal experience, but you, I've come from a war-torn country. And when usually people, if you, you can hear this in the news too, like they'll say like 13 million dead or like 13,000 dead or a thousand dead, 500 dead. What does that mean? Like, there's no face to it. There's no pic. You can't show a picture of 13,000 people dying in a war or, you know, millions of people dying. Cause you just, it's a number and that's mm -hmm. what um, he becomes faceless. Yeah, well, that's so true with our coronavirus right now. Um, 180,000 dead or whatever the number is now. But if you don't actually know anybody, it's still abstract. But I think once you know somebody who's died of the illness, it becomes, you know, as real as that person. That person is what you conjure up in your mind. That's why you, I mean, here's the thing, um, getting back mm -hmm. to psychology class, one of the things about humanity is that when there are large numbers, we, we don't empathize. And, and that's, a, that's, a, that's good. Can you imagine feeling bad for every single, like let's say if you have a loved one who gets hurt and you feel terrible about that. If we had the capacity to feel bad about every single of one of those people, the faceless quote unquote hurt, then it would be terrible for our psyche. So in a lot of ways, but I mean, that's basically human nature. So just really talking about war is, this is what war does. We, we just, 
as long if we don't know someone who's uh, who's been like, died at a war this type of thing um we can't really you know they become faceless to us just like you mentioned like the coronavirus thing to to a lot of people 200,000 is the same as 250,000 same as mm -hmm. 290,000 because you know the degree is just you know the the quote is commonly attributed to Joseph Stalin one death is a tragedy one million is a statistic mm. yeah. but yeah should we go on <laughs> Yeah, the fact he becomes faceless as an, just another victim of the fight, of the war, that's so, that's really interesting. Yeah, let's go on. But I think, but interest, the main thing about here I do want to quickly just talk about is Farley is going crazy because he's having um, the part where, uh, it's, it's, this one, this part is kind of funny. It's all like, uh, um, well, not funny, but he's gone crazy, right? He's all like, oh, my son, he's gone. He's with the platoon, the beach, that's it, you know? And then the part that I think is funny is Orion's all like, the, ma the old man has taken refuge in fantasy. I see we have two casualties. Yes. So not only is Richard dead, but Farley is like dead in the head. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. PTSD, there it is. It's taken its course. Yeah, so he... He tells the story about fighting at Normandy Beach, and maybe the younger Farley could handle it, but by this point, when he's in his 40s or 50s, it's too much for him. Yeah. Um, you notice at the bottom of is it 18, we only see Farley from behind, and then in 19, we only see him in panel, no, he's in panel one, and he's just at the corner of the panel. He's at the edge now of the battle. Well, he's going crazy, and then, you know, they saved the girl and uh, and she's all like, what about my dad? And and uh, I think Light Ray says this, your father's made his choice. There isn't enough time to forcibly move him. Just right. Him. He's, he's literally destroyed by what he's been part of. I think there's a little bit of a Light Ray, like not a god not really having empathy there. There's, I think it's gonna be shown a little bit later too. I mean. So I wanna ask you about that empathy. Mm -hmm. uh, page 18, panel three. Poor young Richard, Orion says, what did he pay for? There is, um, Richard has suddenly earned Orion's trust, not trust, his, I don't know what the word is his um, respect, that's the word, mm -hmm. by fighting and failing, um, now he's suddenly poor young Richard, mm -hmm. whose death was pointless. I don't know if it would have been pointless if he hadn't fought, but that the level of empathy we see from Orion in that moment is, I think, very interesting. Yeah, I think he has more empathy than Light Ray does, because he's been through more torture. Mm -hmm. Also, I mean, just like 18 is just such a spectacular page, and there's so much Kirby crackle on that page. So full of energy. Oh my God. Man, he, Orion just he's faster like, looking at the, the panel two of Orion firing his Astro Force is like just spectacular. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, Again, we see uh, page 
19, we see Light Ray um, talking about now what, what I talked to I talked about earlier is transcendence. Um, singing atoms are forging a new ending to this day, he says, as he carries Richard's body down. You have one final moment to transcend your fate. Um, you probably have a lot to say about what it means to transcend. Is I understand it in religion, transcension means essentially to becoming closer to God, to move to a higher level, right? Yeah, I mean, I think, uh, yeah, I didn't really have any notes on that, but it was interesting that he's going back to, you know, he's going to a place where peace is the most important thing, you know, like, um, being a pacifist and new gods, you know, and, and uh, with the new gods. So he's being one with the source. Yes, he's becoming one with the source. Uh, so um, I just Googled the term transcend, to rise above or go beyond, to transcend the limits of thought. Kindness transcends courtesy um, of the, to become of the deity, to be above and independent of the universe, time, etc. You know, there are religions that say that humanity in this world has to do good enough and humans can and will transcend to godhood in the afterlife. Mm -hmm. So it's interesting. Um, we're, we're really seeing the dichotomy between father and son here. Um, he has a chance, uh, Richard has a chance to transcend his fate as you're saying, uh, Farley is saying, I'm staying, I'm staying, I won't run from the enemy. But he's cowed, he's on his hands and knees, he's looking down at the water, he's just beat. He's just beat. Um, and again, Ryan has sympathy. He tells, um, he tells, he gives Lynn good luck. Hold tightly to the grips and don't be frightened in flight. He's, he's a, Ryan has acquired a level of humanity by the end of page 19. I'm pleased to see it serve the, car, the course of miss of, uh, sorry, the Astro Harness, I'm pleased to see it serve the cause of mercy. Mm -hmm. Should we go on to the next, uh, I mean, I think the fighting is fine. I mean, it's great. The, the art is amazing there. Like I like the part where like the animals are running away. Oh like, yeah. <laughs> At first I thought the animals were the beasts coming to fight, but they're actually running away. That's the other thing. Like maybe like Kirby is so like expressive with his art and they're so amazing. But like it seems like everybody's in it for the fight. You know, like the animals are run I think they're running away, right? Yeah, they're running away. They're fleeing. But they also look mad. They don't look scared. Mm -hmm. It's like they're screeching. You imagine all this like cacophony of noise. Like that dolphin and that turtle, they're like really pissed. They're all like, man, I'm just having dinner and now I got to run away. <laughs> uh, yeah. And then the other thing is um, it almost seems like what they're, I guess, oh, you know what? Yeah, the big thing is coming and we see the little six minions, whatever, the five, four, the six, two are dead, or like, what is it, the, the four? Um, Slig and Spawn are dead. 
or the deep four, I guess they're coming. They're going to beat the deep four, and and they dispose of them pretty quickly. And then the real monster is coming. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, let's keep going because these are great pages, but not the the important pages. They set us up. I do want to say one one thing on page twenty three, panel one. Here's when I think Light Ray tied Richard up in the middle of a fire, either use him as a bait or just like not to have to worry about him. I was trying to figure out why, uh, not Richard, you mean Farley, right? Yeah, sorry, Farley, yeah. And so, I, I was yeah. trying to figure out why they tie Farley up and I think my reason is, is kind of basic that he just thinks that's the only place he can be safe. He's tying him to the mast because it's the highest part of the boat. Yeah, but Orion says that fool right light ray has tied the old man to the mast. He won't have a chance if I don't free him. Oh yeah. And then but then light ray says, like, hold on, Orion. This final act will be over before the flames reach him. Come. I guess he's arrogant. He thinks it's gonna get done fast. And later on, you'll find out, you know, his solution was barely good enough. So it's not, there's a light rail. It's like, he's not trying to protect him. I don't feel like he's, I mean, he's a good guy, but I don't really think he's got, I don't know, a good person like Orion. I mean, not good, but somebody who can empathize with like people who are lesser beings would have said, hey, he's going to die there. Somebody needs to save him. But Light Ray's like, yeah, don't worry about it. I'll just, uh, we'll, we'll take because, care of it. Because as Orion says in the next panel, we're all your pawns, he says to Light Ray. That's right. Yeah, that's, you, you fight battles like a planner instead of a warrior. And what's a planner? A planner is sending warriors to their death, to me, in my mind. Mm -hmm. And that's what Light Ray is. I mean, that's his true self. The enemy, myself, the dead boy, and all, and his father were all your pawns. Yeah. Uh, yeah, there's a little bit of darkness in Light Ray, isn't there? I mean, there's just, that's, that's what powerful people do. They don't, even if they mean well, they don't have the capacity to understand, you know, difficulties of people who aren't as, you know, godly as they are. Even if you didn't read the words, uh, page 23, panel one shows the, the, their kind of their relationship because Orion's looking up at Light Ray. We only see Light Ray's hand. Orion looks up at Light Ray like, oh, you're going to enforce your power over me. You, you have in some way, in some ways you're stronger than me. You can tell me what to do. I'm a little bit afraid of you. And as we were saying earlier, Light Ray has actual power. Orion doesn't really have powers he he's just an extremely strong ferocious person with a lot of forces right and we've just seen him beat up all the fish creatures but light rays able to illuminate the ocean and create this incredible transcendent device we're going to see in a minute mm -hmm. um there's a like complete mismatch of power levels between those two mm. yeah and then page 24 oh wait I wait wait Oh, Wait, before we get to that, um, the, I think the most important scene on page 23 is um, we see Richard's now restored to his old self, his old oh, face. Yeah. He looks angelic in that page. Mm -hmm. 
you know, he looks as pe he looks completely peaceful. It's the only peaceful face we see in the entire issue. He's a traditional handsome Kirby guy. Yes. But he's ready to join us in the confrontation. And you have to think, so here's this guy who um, was weak, um, was, was, was portrayed as being weak for a moment, but rose to the occasion when he had to fight for his family, was wiped out, turned into this part of this technological thing, and suddenly kind of becomes a peaceful version of himself. He's starting to transcend. Which again, I think leads to this incredible conclusion we're about to see. Page 23, panel four, uh, is just this explosion of energy. And the violent sea outside, epic destruction, bears down a raging enemy, sets the sea aflame, and the vanguard of a monster whose approach causes tidal waves. I mean, it's literally the end of the world. Uh, it feels operatic. And then, Amir, you were going to say. I was going to ask you for the next two pages, 24 and 25. In the original issue, are they on the same, are they back to back or is there anything between them? They face each other. Yeah, that's how it should be. That's how it is in the trade. I love that. So one thing about, I mean, that there's, there's that big old monster. And then on page 25, I don't know if you like Led Zeppelin, but you know that song, the <laughs> immigrant song? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> I see that song being played in the background when they see play this, they do the movie of this. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I can Everything hear about this is, is just awesome heavy metal. It's just like power and energy and majesty and intensity. Yeah. You know, your balls just tingle with excitement as you read that. <laughs> <laughs> but then you have the, um, and like you were talking about this is kirby's writing at its best huh yeah as if an answer to the attacker the wooden ship blasts open and something inside rushes out into the calamitous night singing and shining and sleek and deadly i just love that phrase singing and shining and sleek and deadly what, right, what Light Ray has implanted on the life cube is now fully grown, and it carries on the glistening warhead of the living, the dead, and the fiery trumpets of the source. If we must die, let new Genesis live. If we go to the source, you demons go with us. Oh, God, it's just like, it's the ultimate, like, Kirby transcendence, Kirby power, this love of technology and humanity and transcendence all arise together to defeat evil in the, its purest form. It's, I, I, I'm at a loss for words. What do you make of this? Um, it's still a weapon and still kills people. So I don't know how it could be from Gen New Genesis. <laughs> no, um, I think it's, uh, it, it's great. And, um, one thing that's interesting about the page 25 um, is that Orion is ready to die. He's like, yeah, you know, let's, let's just do this. I'm going to get mm -hmm. you guys. But then obviously on the next page, you see that Light Ray saves him and the thing blows up and everybody dies except those two. 
So Light Rail had had this all planned out, whereas in Orion's all like, yeah, let's do this. I'm a warrior. He's a true warrior. Richard is in a crucifixion pose. Yep. Oh, Richard. Yeah, yeah. Well, I don't. I didn't really. Oh, that's right. Yeah. He's also in a blue bikini. I know. He, he wasn't. Yeah, well, he's he's wearing a swimsuit all through oh, the issue. Okay. Um. <laughs> He has literally sacrificed himself for for the, for humanity. Yeah. No. Uh, it's interesting. I mean, here's Kirby. He's Jewish, but he has this this human sacri sacrifice himself, and in the end, become godlike. Mm -hmm. uh, and this is where I'm talking about. This is a human transcending himself and becoming a god. Yeah. And it's just like everything pays off so beautifully in this in this confrontation. Uh, I don't think we need to see the battle because the the two pages juxtaposed against each other are just oh, so uh, powerful. I didn't even notice there was a battle. I thought they just hit each other and it blew up. Yeah, there is no battle scene. Is what I'm saying. Oh, got it. Okay. Um. Yeah. And then the next page, should we go on to the last page? I think. Well, yeah, I'm, I'm like, I, every time I look at page 25 of this issue, I get a little bit of a high, honestly. Well, I think page 25, what I love about it is um, the part about the third, third panel on the bottom, the last panel, it says, when daylight comes, what is left in the wake of grand tragedy is mere drifting wreckage. A young man of conscience has chosen a warrior's death the old warrior has found new feelings in his suffering. Yeah, I'm alive, let, left to live out my life wondering. But Light Ray had gambled on this too. When the glory boat shot out of its wooden shell, the shell was backlashed far from the flaming area. So Light Ray gambled of this guy living, and he got lucky that he's living. That's mm -hmm. war again. Like, this is another theme of war, which I think a lot of I've heard soldiers talk about. Like, you know, a lot of soldiers talk about it. Where like, you know, you go into battle and all these bullets are flying around, and some people live and some people die, and you don't know if it's a hero living or dying. It's just luck. And and Farley lucked into the living, even though Light Rail hadn't even really calculated. For him. He's like, yeah, he'll live there, but he hadn't planned it, which is interesting. Yeah, he says, even I wasn't sure it would work, but it did. Yeah. Um, that was an awesome issue. It is. You see why I love it so much. Well, awesome. Well, thanks, uh, Jason. Oh, you're welcome, Amir. Oh, look what we get next time. The origin. The pact. Cool. All right, Jason. Thanks for giving me a chance to reread this. This is uh, yeah. a magnificent comic. Um, and I hope listeners also share their thoughts on it. Um, yeah. Love, love to have you talk to us on Facebook or Twitter. Um, tell us, what, tell us how, what you make of some of the mysteries in this comic. I think it's transcendent. Oh, thank you.